1: hey 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 we're back we're black we're brown ambition
2: hey mandra hey hello from the end of the world (laughs) it feels like the end of the world this weather is so 2020
1: i know i'm like uh so we're having a hurricane okay gotcha Gotcha.
2: Fair enough. Totally fine. Uh, my house has, we have this really beautiful old tree in front of my house. And of course, me and my anxiety, I'm just like, is that tree going to come <laughs> down on us? Like, what's going on? Um It felt pretty biblical. Hope you guys are safe if you're on the East Coast. What is this even called? Tropical Storm
1: Desiree or Denise? I forget. I don't know, but she has attitude and I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> <laughs> What else is, oh going on? So this weekend was funsies. Superman and his super twin turned 40. Yeah, that's a big one. It is a
2: big what one. What did they, how do you celebrate your 40th birthday as a twin? I imagine you don't like wear matching outfits.
1: No, you don't. But you do have okay. a party together. but okay. Yeah, but it was honestly, it was really, first of all, it started, the weekend started off hilarious because why did a few people hit me up and say, take that door off Super door, Supergirl's door? And we did. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> so many people hit me. Yes, Yeah. so For many God, people hit me up was like, girl. girl, so many people were like, let me tell you something. You go in, you take that door off the hinges. And mm. I, and I told Superman, I said, I don't think we have a choice. I think, I think um Brown Ambition listeners have spoken. No, we were going to do that anyway. So she came home. He was going to do it before she got home, um, but she came home a little earlier. So she stood and watched as zip,
2: zip, 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 zip. It was like, <laughs> that was a little, a little awkward, little drama. but it was like effective.
1: Was she um, apologetic? She was. I think, like, you know, I guess she realized like, yikes, this is bigger because everyone spoke to her. So um, my twin, my my husband's twin is like her favorite uncle. Like she's like, that's like the love of her life. So when he spoke to her, was like, you know, that was really disrespectful. I could tell she was like, wait, what? My fave mm-hmm. on fave? Wait a minute, you know?
2: Um, yeah, I've been thinking about, I feel like at that age, it's when they start to test and mm-hmm. see how far can I push and what can I get away with? And I yes. think it's like... It's an even better opportunity for you guys to set the tone now.
1: Exactly. So, like, honestly, like, we had, a, honestly, it was a great weekend. We, what I liked is that we were able to do that, but then also be like, fun time, you know, she came to the party, had a good time. Um, so what y'all but, do? Did you have a big party? No, not big. We just had, like, family. It was probably around, uh, in total, 20 people, but they, you know, it was in and out. Like, so and people wore their masks for the most part. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> I my nerves um, were like... Mm. No, no if they wore their masks and folks that were especially like, you know, like I had a friend that just basically stayed inside. So we had like safe zones for people who wanted to come and support, but really didn't want to, because we had it in the backyard. We transformed mm-hmm. our little, our, well, our backyard's not very big at all. Our little backyard into this really nice oasis. It almost looked like like, you know how you go to, like, a restaurant and they have, like, a back, like, patio where it's, like, seating. Yeah. And, yeah, it was honestly, it was really beautiful. And Restaurants, I remember those. Yeah, Because you know? that's what I was, I was considering. I was like, maybe we'll do an outdoor restaurant. But as we called some of them just to see, you know, what it looked like um, or how you would do it, most of them honestly weren't. They didn't know how. They were like, honestly, we don't know how to navigate in these quarantine times. Um, So we were just like, you know, we were already fixing up our backyard. So it was, I had like a week and a half and I just rush ordered all the things, lighting and we had a gazebo already, but seating and, you know, and then, um, we had food catered. Honestly, it just ended up being perfect, um, his family and their family and, um, myself, we all chipped in and got them like really nice, like grown men watches. I think his twin was especially surprised because I think he thought like, oh, this Aww. is my brother's party. It's like, no, we're celebrating both of you. And so there was some tears shed. Mm-hmm. I'm telling on you, is, super twin. <laughs> super twin. Is, is, is he married? Is he
2: single? Does he have family?
1: So he has a long term girlfriend since he was 14. Like they've been together. They have a 20 a 19 to 20 year old son. Oh, um, wow. Mm-hmm. And so um, so they were together. They've been together a very long time. He is head over heels. And now you're asking, how come they're not married? That's not his choice. Whatever. I'm not telling his business, but either way.
2: Listen, I wasn't going <laughs> to say, I wasn't going to ask anything. No,
1: that wasn't. Like, if it was up to Modern him, they'd couple. be married 20,000 times. But, um, yeah, no, he... So it's funny because every year when I post their picture to say, you know, happy birthday, twins, super twins, the comments are filled with... Uh, <clears throat> Which one yours? So about the other one. (laughs) And it was because there were a couple of BA listeners. One girl said, like, one woman said, "Um, girl, you know, now seeing Superman, like, every time he, you know, how it's like, really, you're walking in again every time I record? And so they're like, it just makes it even funnier. I know. (laughs) What what you doing? Yes. And someone was like, wait, that's the twin that the next-door neighbor rolled up on? Girl, is he crazy? Because when you see Super Twin... (laughs) Yes, yes. And you see him, you're just like, uh, he's six five. And it's like that's the that's what you
2: remember meeting him at your reception.
1: Yeah. So they're not small guys. You know, my husband's slightly taller at six six, and the twin is six five, a little bit stockier. Um, but yeah, honestly, it just was just such a really great family fun time. Everyone really enjoyed themselves. It and I don't know if you remember, but Saturday the weather was perfect. It wasn't too hot like the days we had before. It didn't rain. It was just perfect. So, happy times—they're happy to turn forty. I'm like, you, you know, you've grown, you've grown, grown now. Um,
2: so,
0: well, yeah, that's beautiful because
2: it does. Honestly, I think everyone just wants something to celebrate. Yes. So it's really nice that you found a way to have an event because, you know, just giving people a reason to gather, as you know, of, of course, like keeping safety in mind, like you guys did, but just giving people a, a reason to celebrate is is wonderful. And I think people's
1: expectations are so low. <laughs> yes. Anyway,
0: you know. People were so, so excited. They're like, nice. I haven't been out of the house
1: in so long. This is so nice. Now that our backyard is all tricked yeah. out, we're going to like host like a little mini grill and chills where it's just like us and like a, a friend or two, because we have a, a neighbor friend that lives around the corner, uh, Rihanna, her husband. So we're like, we can host grill and chills where you guys just come over and we just grill and chill. We're going to get a projector. I already, I already have a projector screen and have movie nights with them around the corner. Or invite my oh, friend Linda. Cute.
2: Mm-hmm. So we have a little that's so bit cute. of. Have you gotten closer to your neighbors in quarantine? Because yes. I I definitely have. I love my neighbors. Yes. They're just, I just feel like I have such a nice little support system here. And it's been beautiful to build those relationships. And we've been having like one couple, you know, because there's it's a few married couples, some older, some younger, and we'll have them over once in a while just to... I guess I didn't know what to call it, but I guess we grilled and chill.
1: Yeah, grill and chill. Honestly, grill just, and I feel like people are getting closer to their friend friends, you know, like, so we'll have like one friend over or two and then just, or like my sister, well, my sister and, and the kids always come over, but like even more so now, like come eat. So it's been nice to get close to people who you normally would chill with, but because you have 10,000 options, maybe you don't see them as much. So it was, it's been, it's been really nice.
2: Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, and this time of year, I, well, you mentioned the weather. We were actually, we took a little, a, a mini a mini getaway. We went to the Poconos, which are just a couple hours away, and we rented a little house, like a little cabin, Ooh. and it was really nice. I mean, it was, it was nothing special at the time. I think I booked this back in May when Airbnb was starting to take reservations again, and I was like, I want somewhere isolated but pretty where there's not going to be a lot of activities cuz you know don't play ble- i figured nothing would be open anyway yeah and i we rented this little cabin on airbnb and it was really cute very stylish and had like a nice deck and outdoor grill and it was close to a lake and we just we literally just hung out as a family and my, and i didn't realize how i didn't realize how little i see my husband and my baby at the same time Because we spend so much time like passing him from one to the other (laughs) and being like, babe, it's your turn. No, babe, it's your turn. No, I did this morning. I got the breakfast. No, but I have this meeting. You need to take him right now and just passing him like a hot potato. And then, you know, husband, whenever he has a free moment, is constantly building something or just, just there's power tools or he's power washing something or there's just errands to be run and he's flying all over the place. So I really like was kind of, you know, evil, evil laughing and being like, I got you right where I want you. Nothing for you to fix, nothing for you to work on. That. We're all just here trapped in this cabin. And we took Molly. Homeworld did not love the road trip. We had to I drug her so heavily. Say. But oh. <laughs> yeah, she really needed a vacation, but it was really nice. And we talked about doing a trip in the fall too, trying to go somewhere where we can see like the beautiful. Um, we always talk about going to see, uh, going upstate. Um, when the leaves change, like in mm-hmm. late September
1: yes, up yes. here. And so we
2: talked about maybe like Vermont or, um, the Berkshires or something like that, just trying to do something, you know, to get out. And it was, it was nice. And it wasn't too, it wasn't too stressful of a trip.
1: I think that people are getting more- It is crazy more... to
2: think that a year ago I was in Portugal on a 17 day baby moon.
1: For, I mean, I, cause it would have been- That life is I... so far away. <laughs> I feel like that's what we were going to plan. I was like, oh, maybe they were going on a trip, but it was like, obviously. And I feel like to your point, like having these like smaller, like more localized trips, people are really taking like road trips now more than ever. And so I just think mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, that, that's so that's my plan. I'm trying to figure yes out like, is okay, cheap y'all for real. And like, cause where can we go? I'm like, oh, maybe we'll go to Rhode Island. i love like historic homes or maybe, you know, places that you can drive to in a day or so. So definitely planning more of those. And, if you've got little ones or just enter animals yourself, um, uh, well, we're in Jersey, but look to see if you have a, we have, um, what is that does uh, I think mean, what's that place called? Great Adventures. We have a Great Adventures safari where you could drive through with your car and see all the animals. There's like, you know, lions and tigers and bears, oh, literally. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. really?
2: It's like, a, like you're in your car and you drive uh-huh. through the park and you see animals?
1: Yeah. And some of the animals are like, you know, mm-hmm. pretty close. They, they used to let the monkeys get on your car until the monkeys, you know do what monkeys do, which is destroy stuff. <laughs> um, so now yeah. they don't let the monkeys do that. <laughs> but it's really, so I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to take Amelia and Roman to see. I was telling them, like, you want to see? And so we were looking at pictures. I always like, the teacher in me always likes to show kids ahead of time what we're going to see. So, yeah, so that's something a friend of mine did, and she said her kids loved it. Um, that was really a lot of fun. So, you, you know, getting a, away and out, but in the safe space, you know, so mm. something to definitely yeah, think like about. Yeah, like
2: wildlife sanctuaries, if you have a local... Um, I feel like every county has a wildlife sanctuary where they have like goats or rabbits or snakes, like pet, like kid-friendly animals that you can see. And also I'm discovering like random beaches uh, along the, cause we're in, I don't know, where are we? Westchester-ish. And there's like little beaches in Connecticut and that aren't too far away or on the Hudson, like the river towns that we can go look at. I think I'm finally, I'm in my headspace is right. The places have always been there, but my headspace is finally like, okay, one, the baby is do is hand like I can handle him out and about. I, he's more predictable, uh, and also I feel like mentally ready to be out. But I am, I, I still feel like there's parts of the country where they're like way out there and living their lives, and everything is normal. And I just, it just, yeah, it's 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 very surreal to me to see how different it is depending on. <clears throat> excuse me, depending on where you
1: live. Yeah. This is going to be a very interesting rest of the year. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, well... We have a really special show
2: for you guys today. Yes. Um, we wanted to just shake things up, shake things up. Y'all know when we have a guest on, it's because they have a really compelling story. We're very excited about them and we never disappoint y'all. I like to think we don't disappoint y'all when we have guests on. We are really excited about today's guest. We mentioned on a couple of shows ago, their names are Christina and Aman, and they are everything. If you do not follow them yet, you must check out their YouTube channel. First and foremost, it's called Our Rich Journey. And while you're at it, follow them on Instagram. They're also at Our Rich Journey. So Christina and Amon, because I have literally been YouTube stalking them ever since they reached out and I discovered their YouTube channel, I've watched dozens of their videos. How can I describe Christina and Amon? They are from the Bay Area. They are college sweethearts. They managed to retire early, quit their jobs, saved jillions of dollars, I imagine, and they retired early. And not did they just retire they didn't just retire early in the US, they retired early and moved their entire family. They have two tween girls, moved to Portugal of all places, and they have mm. been living there for about a year. And they they did it. They are the fire couple of my dreams. They're the fire couple that I actually don't want to roll my eyes at because <laughs> it's they actually, because you know, Tiff, we've talked about fire. Yeah. What is fire like the, the, and for those of you who don't know, fire is the financial independence retire, retire early. Retire early. Can we call it a movement trend? I guess. Um, yeah. What it is, I mean, for me, and the reason I was a little bit, I've been a little bit cynical about fire is it's usually a lot of white guys mm. who used to either they have like really crazy extreme methods of saving so that they can retire early or they had like, you know, pretty cushy jobs before, and were able to, quote unquote, save because they had pretty high incomes. And you know, you really didn't see very many people of color. I think the New York Times even wrote an article. That was the last time you and I talked about it. There was an article in the Times about how there's just a dearth of black families, black uh, uh, black voices in the fire movement. So when I when when Christina reached out to us, I was like, "What are you? Just like this unicorn? What is happening?" <laughs> um, yes. Right. And, and they're, they're, you know, it's so crazy goals.
1: because there's so many people, like I told like pe- folks on my team, like, oh, they were like, you should, you should talk to Our Rich Journey. And I was like, wait, they're going to be on our podcast. So my team was geeked. Um, so just know that they're out here making waves because to your point, there's not much representation in that movement. Um, and people will say, oh, well, if you were only, it's like, oh, that would be nice if there was not a wealth gap or a race gap, or, you know, or like, a you know, it's just, It's easier when we do the same job and you make twice as much as me. So how cute is that? That you are able to then save more. Of course you are. So it's you know it's just a movement that sometimes is a little tone deaf. That not everyone is able. It's not that everyone's buying Uber Eats or getting Uber Eats every week. Why you know? And I'm not saying there's people shouldn't you know follow the fire movement, but just. Sometimes there was there was a tone to the fire movement that people found offensive that as if if you wanted to do it, you would. It's it's you who doesn't want to do it without acknowledging there are literally obstacles in the way that make it 10 times harder for certain people. And so that's why there was a little bit of like disgust. There's like lean fire, though. There's fat fire. Um, So there's different types of like fire movements. But ultimately, I mean, who doesn't want to fire? I've not heard of this hmm So there are people who are like, they like do fire moves, you know, they, they, they'll eat like, you know, ramen noodles their whole for 10 years only to go be able to eat ramen noodles for the next 70 years. <laughs> like don't nobody yeah. want to live that life. And then there's fat fire where it's like, oh, I'm not going to be super, super lean. And I want to actually enjoy a little life. So we can certainly ask them with like, what do they consider themselves? Like fire, lean, fire, fat fire. What, has the movement embraced them? So I'm excited to talk to, it's Aman, correct? And Christina?
2: Christina and Amon, yeah, and what I yes. love most about them, and you guys, we'll come back in a minute and have our interview with Christina and Amon, but I have to say, for me, they're like the realistic fire story. I don't know where that falls in between lean and fat, but they they both had decent you know, government jobs. Christina went to law school, she had her law degree. They have two girls, I, I think they're 10 and 12, or maybe 11 and 13, I forget, but they have kids. I feel like they have proven that you can retire early if you're willing to not just, what I love about them, they haven't just sacrificed. So they haven't they they, of course, they saved. I think they saved 70% of their income, but we'll um, we'll ask them that when we talk to them later but they also found ways to grow their money they didn't just focus on scrimping and saving and we do get this question from our i feel like every once in a while a listener will reach out to us and be like listen I'm paycheck to paycheck how can I start in investing how can i start saving and it's really difficult to answer that right tiff because often mm-hmm. the response is you need to focus on building wealth you know how can you invest in yourself so that you can achieve you know whether it's you know getting a higher paying job or finding additional sources of income, Christina and Mon were scrappy. Like, Christina used to sell tooth fairy dust on Etsy to make extra money. Mon, they used to also go to Ikea and get the reduced priced, like, kind of slightly damaged furniture, and they would fix it up and sell it. They found Mm. all these wine crates in like a warehouse, just hundreds of wine crates that someone was just going to get rid of. And they took it and they turned it into furniture and they sold it on Craigslist for mad money Mm. or Facebook marketplace. I forget. Like they are scrappy and they were always looking for great ways to make additional income and feed their investments. And they also are so knowledgeable and they are they are proof that you do not need to be, um, you do not need to be a financial whiz. You do not need to be, you know, you don't need to come from a family of hedge fund managers or investment advisors. Literally, books, teaching yourself, online learning, doing it, like getting in the trenches. That is how you know you can learn how to build wealth. And they are they're really really inspiring. Um, so I'm very excited to introduce you all. If you're not familiar with them yet, maybe you are. Um, to Christina and Iman from Our Rich Journey.
1: that's supposed to be like the the crowd the crowd roars
0: (laughs) hey BA fam this episode is sponsored by State Farm
2: All right, BA fam, we are back as promised. We are joined today by the fabulous Our Rich Journey, the brains behind Our Rich Journey. Christina and Amon Browning. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks hey, for having Bart. us.
3: Yeah, thank you. We we have been looking forward to this. We were so excited about this call. So we are so glad to be speaking with you guys.
1: Now well, we're geeked. I'm like, Ugh, <laughs> I just know our audience is gonna love you.
3: Well, oh,
2: Let me brag on y'all for a little bit because your story is so inspirational and I know that our audience will love you. But um, as we mentioned, the Brownings come from the San Francisco Bay Area. You guys both worked for the federal government until your late 30s. You decided, let's just quit our jobs. Let's just retire now. How about that? With what, a 10 and a 12-year-old at the time? Yes. Yeah, right. So
3: they're, they're 11 and 13 now. So yeah, they were about 10 and 12 at the time.
4: What better and time not only... to quit your job?
3: <laughs> yeah, very casually.
2: Well, no, I mean, I'm I'm kind of making it seem easier than it was. You guys planned for this. Um, you, you joined the FIRE movement before you even knew there was a FIRE movement. Is that right?
3: Oh, that is totally right. I love how you said that, too. It's like we didn't even really know what we were doing as we were doing it in terms of classifying it as a FIRE movement, because when we started, it wasn't like this huge thing. It's not a huge thing now, I would say, but it's much bigger than when we started. So FIRE is really financial independence, retiring early. And the concept is really that you you save as much money as you can, you make as much money as you can, and then you invest that money. And then that money will grow enough to a point where you have enough money that you can reach financial independence and retire and never have to work again. So that whole sort of introduction to FIRE was, we were sort of working on it and And doing all these things towards fire, but there wasn't really, we didn't know the name of it at the time when we started.
2: Mm. Well, talk about, I mean, so take us back to eight years ago. Was it eight or nine years ago when y'all decided as a couple, was it it one big conversation where y'all, where you were both like, hey we should retire early. How soon, eight years? How's eight years? And then you put it like, how did that, how does it work as a couple? How do you decide we are going to both strive for this goal, get on the same page and talk about the steps that y'all took in your early thirties to be able to retire before 40?
4: Well, you know, it was a aha moment for me at work. I I was at work working for the federal government and I I was going through the motions every day in the rat race And I was at work one day, and I received an award for my length of service with the federal government for 10 years. And at this awards assembly, there was another federal employee that had gotten an award for 30 years of service. Mm. And I just remember at this assembly, my 10 years was just insignificant. They hurried me off the stage. It was nothing. And at that moment, I realized that I didn't want to be here 30 years just to get another piece of paper. And so I went home, I had this conversation with Christina and, you know, there were, there were so many things that we wanted to do besides just spend the rest of our lives in our, in in our cubicle. And so we had this conversation and we didn't really know how we were going to do it. You know, we had, it, it was just, it was just a goal. A goal was to be able to develop enough passive income, either with real estate or with the stock market, to be able to quit our jobs and live off of that. And so when I went home and me and Christina had this conversation what Christina did is what she always does. She was like all in for it. She said, let's do it. Let's figure out a way to get it done.
2: Bless your heart. I mean, my husband and I can't even agree on what to order on DoorDash. I mean, that's like a two hour conversation. (laughs) Well, I I think y'all's relationship, I mean, has to be so strong, such a foundation of trust. And I just, and it comes across for me in your YouTube channel and your videos, you can really tell that y'all are all in with each other. And that's that's beautiful Thanks. to see. Tiff, what do you want to
1: ask? No, I just want to know, like, what in your, I know, so you had that initial, initial excitement, but what were the things that made you nervous about about this journey that you were like, how are we going to handle these things? Because I'm sure there are certain people who are listening and they're like, I'd love to retire early, but I'm nervous about dot, dot, dot. And how did you handle those things?
4: There there was a list. <laughs> I, think, I think the biggest thing on our list was the amount of money that it would take to retire to do it you know we we have this thing called a fire number and it's a number that you calculate and it's based off of the amount of money that you would need in a in a a investment portfolio in in order to call yourself financially independent and just calculating that number and seeing that number on on paper that was very intimidating so that was one thing for sure
3: yeah and i think you know it's for us it's it's really like When we have maybe these challenges, are we thinking, okay, how much is it going to take in order to retire? Because I think one of the things Amon forgot to say is when he came home and we were talking about it, he said, I want to retire before I'm 40. And so for us, it was like, wow, that's not a huge amount of time. Mm -hmm. So- what are the things that we need to do in order to make that happen? So I think the challenge for us too was at the time, like I said, there wasn't a lot of information out there. There wasn't a lot of information in general in terms of how to pursue FIRE. And Aman and I also both came from backgrounds where we didn't learn about investing or even saving money, really making money, extra money. How do you go about doing that? So we didn't have that type of background in, in terms of learning how to really deal with our finances. So that was definitely a struggle. I mean, I, th- I think part of it is really becoming comfortable in how do you make these real estate transactions? How do you make these stock market investments? And, and really becoming financially literate and understanding how to try and grow our money. So I think a lot of people, when they're on the FIRE journey, that can be a struggle because it can seem sort of overwhelming. You have to make all this money and then you have to figure out how do you grow your money because you can't just allow it to sit in a savings account. It's not going to happen. You're not going to get that type of money to retire early. So those were some of the challenges that I guess the biggest challenges that we had when we were pursuing FIRE. And you had, so
2: you're in your early 30s. You have two girls at the time. They're young, right?
3: Yes. So they were... I think around three and five, probably. Christina, hadn't you just
2: completed law school?
3: Yeah, I was, I actually started law school. I went to law school at UCLA and the girls were down in LA with me and Amon was actually working at the time, but he was working in San Francisco. And so he was coming back and forth every weekend. I mean, I, I cannot even imagine, you know, I was there with the girls at law school, but every single weekend Amon was driving down or flying down from San Francisco to LA, to be with us and support us. It's like he didn't even skip a beat. And so for us, yeah, that was part of the journey was really trying to manage, to get in like two separate households, managing little kids on this journey of fire and really trying to make everything work because at the same time, we're supposed to be saving money and making money. So. Yeah, that, that was another challenge.
2: <laughs> your 30s are like that decade. And I'm right where you guys were eight years ago. So I am listening with these big old ears <laughs> like, mm, tell me what to do. Because this is a time in your life where your responsibilities get bigger. You have the baby, you get the yes. house, maybe you get a dog, you get a, you know, you, you move to the burbs or whatnot. And you start to, I feel the pressure of it all, you know, the pressure of providing for my child, creating stability. And what I love about you guys is that you said, yeah, we have a, we have, a. am sure you you guys had a decent life not i mean comfortable life you both had great careers Christina you went to law school you also worked for the federal government but you chose to like even aim higher at the time when you when you started to think about retiring before 40 where were you at financially were you just basic 401k investors had you guys already bought your properties had you had experience in the real estate or did y'all start from okay let's start getting into real estate because i know that was a cornerstone of your investing strategy right
4: yeah, so you know, we were doing what most people—well, I don't want to say most people—we were, we were, we had the fundamentals in place. So we had an emergency fund, and we were putting away about ten to fifteen percent of our income into our retirement accounts. Um, but a lot of the pressures that you talked about—if we were to, I guess get deeper into some of those pressures, we would have felt victim to lifestyle creep. And so Mm -hmm. what started to happen to us in our 30s was that we had to make a serious shift. And it was good that we had this shift and I had this moment at work when I did because we were at that point where we were gonna be starting to make more money. Um, A lot of these uh, uh, pressures were gonna start to pop up with the kids and with with our friends. And, and you can really fall victim to those things, like getting a bigger house, like driving a nicer car. And so for us, at that moment, breaking loose of this, of this consumer culture and deciding to live in a smaller house, to drive an older car, and then take whatever extra money that we started to make and instead prioritize that money into our investments, it was, it was, it was definitely a crossroads for us. And we can definitely attribute our success to making that shift.
3: Yeah. And I love how you say, Mandy, that, you know, you're sort of at the stage that we were eight years ago. Right. Because if you're if when you're in your 30s, you start to notice that you're you're maybe potentially making more money. Right. You may have more responsibilities at, at, at your job. You may be starting a family. You may be buying a house. All of these things are sort of coming to fruition, things that you may have wanted in your 20s, you're starting to get more and more of them in your 30s. And so that is one of the big things, I think, for people pursuing FIRE is really not getting attached to or not falling down that hole of lifestyle creep. As you start to get more money, it's not this concept that, oh, you have more money so that you can spend more money. Mm -hmm. It's this idea that when you're making this more money, you were able to live off of less money before. When you make more money, it doesn't mean that you have to spend more money. The idea is that you can save that money and then invest that money. And then that is starting to grow during your FIRE journey. And you don't even have to have the goal of retiring early. It could just be that you want to be financially independent so that when you get older, money is not going to be an issue for you. You can do whatever type of job makes you happy and you don't have to think, I can't have this job because I'm not going to make enough money to, to you know, pay all the bills for my family and things like that. So if you have this idea when you're in the 30s of, of not falling down that path of, of lifestyle creep, then you're way ahead of the game in terms of where other people are.
2: Yeah, I just got to get my husband on board with that.
3: So there's an African proverb that my dad would say that
1: you cut your coat according to your size. You know, that mm. so mm. many people, they're like, oh, I'm bigger now. I need a bigger coat. Or like I'm, or they, ah. you know what I mean? You keep increasing. And so it, it just, you're keeping the pace of the increase, not realizing like, do I really need to continue to e- increase? I mean, I'm a cheapo. So I was like living my cheapest life when I was 30. Yeah. Um, so- <laughs> I also yes. had lost my job then. But one thing I really want to know, because this is something that I struggled with when I was in my early 30s and I was starting my business, is like, what do you do for insurance? Because honestly, back then, my insurance was yoga, water, and prayer. So what do you do for insurance? <laughs> what do you do for
3: insurance? Was it in that order, Tiffany? <laughs> <Yeah>. Prayer first. <laughs> I think, you know, that is one of the big things, too. You know, when you are accumulating more things, you have to understand that you need insurance in place to protect those things. You know, the, you do not want to be in a worst case scenario where something happens and you're not insured. It can be your house. It could be health insurance. It could be car insurance. It could be any of these, it, you know, for you, Tiffany, if you're starting a business, having business insurance when, when you are in your 30s. But the idea is that insurance is supposed to prevent you from losing all of your assets because how terrible would it be while you're gaining more money, you are have more assets and something happens and you're not properly insured and then you can lose everything. Like right before we fired, Amon we were in the States and Amon got just this horrible, horrible food poisoning. And I'm not just saying like he was throwing up, he didn't feel well. He was hospitalized for a mm-hmm. week. It was it was, it was awful. It was really bad. I mean, I don't I don't even want to go to how bad it was, but it was worst-case scenario. And thank God we were insured because the hospital bill was insane. It was an insane amount of money, and then we still had to pay our portion of it. But if we had not been insured, and this was right before we were firing, too. If we ha- would not have been insured, we would uh, there would have been a huge impact on 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 our wealth. And so I think you know, a lot of people, when they're younger, they want to hope for the best. They think they're healthy, you know, they don't need to be insured because nothing's gonna happen. But even here, COVID is a great example of things that can happen that are unpredictable. And, and so you have to make sure you're properly insured. We Have we mentioned
2: the fact that y'all live in Portugal yet? Can we just reiterate that?
3: <laughs> yes. y'all- didn't just quit your jobs
2: and, you know, kick back in, in the U.S. You were like, no, let's take on a whole new country, Portugal. Talk to me about, especially when it comes to healthcare. I've watched this video already on your YouTube channel. I've watched them all. So I'm just trying to <laughs> pretend like I haven't been stalking y'all for the past three weeks. But anyway, talk about the cost of healthcare in Portugal. And do you think that you could, like, was, was Portugal the key element of why you were able to retire early because of the lower cost of living? I don't even know if there is a lower cost of living, but do you think you would have been able to retire early in the U.S. or did you decide to go out of the country for those financial reasons? Um, And yeah, to Tiffany's question about healthcare costs, how are you guys covering your healthcare while in in Lisbon? Yeah,
4: so I'll go back to kind of when we, We're first calculating our financial independence number, we based it off of the location that we planned on retiring in. And when we did that calculation, we had identified a couple of different numbers based off of different areas in the world that we were interested in. But we had one big number that was based off of retiring in the San Francisco Bay Area because that's our hometown. And we know that our children may eventually want to go back to the US. And so we wanted to base our number off of the highest number. And as a part of that number, definitely included healthcare. And I remember looking at healthcare plans, and that's one of the things that I think holds people back from leaving their their jobs, especially government employees, is the good healthcare. Yes. And so for us, we had to break from those golden (laughs) handcuffs by including the cost of healthcare in the U.S. uh, in, in, in our fire number. And so we, you know, we did that, but. While we were on our journey, we stayed the course, even though we we could have left a lot earlier and moved to a a lower cost of living area. We met our San Francisco Bay Area number. But in the end, we chose we we chose Lisbon. And it has been a pleasant surprise as far as the cost of health health care, because for our family of four, our health care is less than two thousand dollars a year, a year. Yes. Isn't that crazy? In California, it would have been a month. Right, like I'm so. if, if you, yeah. I know families. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yes. let me tell you
3: this though, it's like we have been to the hospitals here already too. It's like we've gone for the girls have asthma, so they've had the minor asthma things that we have to go get treated at the hospital. We've even had dental work. Actually, Aman was at the dentist earlier today. Sanoa has braces, but
4: I might get me some braces just because. <laughs> it's yeah. so
3: into the, the lines; they cheap. <laughs> but you know we have had such an incredible experience with the healthcare here i mean there's nothing we don't have any language barriers when we go to speak to the doctors to the nurses to the staff everything is so smooth and we just show them our card and and sometimes we have a very small copay and other times it's like oh we don't have anything at all it's just you walk in and you walk out it is so simple yes
1: Wow. Um,
3: exactly. You Look at hear me, and Mandy? No. We're like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> because I'm not going to lie. My
1: husband works for the... Uh, Mandy, your husband works for the city, right? And so does mine. And that he insurance works for is the like, federal government, yeah. So, for, so, and my husband works for the state. Well, he works for the city, but his pension and everything is through his state. And that's been the thing that's been like holding like... The pension. Not necessarily us because, yes. Well, it's not the pension, honestly, because I could get like, you know, we make more than enough that I wouldn't, I'm not worried about that. The pension payout. It's more so his insurance is so amazing, especially in the United States, especially in the East coast. Cause I live in Jersey and it's like, ah, he would love to leave any day now, but he's got about five more years. And it's like the cost of health insurance in the United States. It's so much so that it's like, bruh, we need to take that with us. Cause you could take it with you. So I totally get it. And yeah. But, you know, I don't, I wouldn't mind moving to Portugal, but I know he wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> but yeah.
3: I know so many people have seen our channel and we have, we have videos on Portugal now and everyone's like, I never even thought about Portugal. Now Portugal is at the top of my list. And we're like, man, Portugal is amazing. It's like this hidden secret and it's, it's not so hidden anymore. I think more and more people are finding out about it, but just, I mean, a. a The healthcare alone is is something to think about because just moving here and having the lifestyle or the pace that they have here in Portugal, it's just amazing.
2: Well, talk to me yeah. about the, the key for me is, I mean, healthcare, and, and it's fascinating to hear what you guys are spending on healthcare in Portugal versus the U.S. But let's go back again to the early days. What were some of the and so when you when you described how y'all were saving back then, I think that really resonates with me because that's what I had been doing since my early 20s, saving that 10 to 15 percent in my 401k and feeling very smart about it. But what was the first step y'all took to ratchet up your investments? How did you start investing? Did you just max out your 401k? pays when you max them out? Where did you go from there? Can you walk us through like laddering up your investments and, build, and really what it took to build and grow your wealth in your 30s? Oh, certainly.
4: So, you know, it started with having our FIRE number in place. And then so with that number, we were able to kind of figure out what we needed to get to as far as a, a a savings rate in order to retire in 10 years based off of the returns in the market or, or our returns in in real estate so with that number in mind we just tried to get our savings rate up and I'll say that our savings rate by the end was as high as 70% mm. so we went from saving 10 to 15 all the way up to 70% but we didn't do it overnight we just got 1% better as much as we could and as soon as we could so You know, if we just were able to lower our bills and increase our salary and then that gap grew our savings rate. And so with that additional money that we were that we were saving and making, we were prioritizing our investments. And we we, we have something called a pay yourself first budget, but it's it's really heavy on paying yourself into your investment accounts. And so we we started with our tax advantage accounts first. And putting as much money into those accounts because those are the real accounts that you can really see uh, uh, wealth growth in because of the because of all the tax incentives and tax advantages. And so that was a big priority was maxing out our tax advantage accounts. Now At you're talking same,
2: about your four hundred one k. Your yeah. I know you guys use an HSA. What yeah, other so, tax advantage accounts? Um, so we we talk
4: about? about the basically the, the four accounts that we call the four pillars of FIRE, for us was the 401K, the HSA, and the Roth IRA. So maxing those out at a minimum was was really big for us. And then after that, we moved to basically a regular brokerage account. So um, just investing in Vanguard and investing in low-cost uh, ETFs and index funds. Um, at the same time that we were also investing in the stock market, We had read all of these books on on real estate investing and we're the type of people to read something and then to take action with it. So we had gotten all the real estate concepts down as much as we were gonna get them down and then we went to work. So we took an FHA loan and we bought our first house in the San Francisco Bay Area with 3% down. And it 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 was a fixer upper and we did something called a live and flip where we lived in the house, fixed it up, got equity in that home and then used that equity to buy other properties. And with an FHA loan, that's the that's the best way for someone to get started in real estate is doing something like a live and flip. Because after you've lived in that home for three years, you can sell that home and keep 100 percent of your profits up to a certain amount, depending on if you're married or single. And so that was that was a big game changer for us as well.
3: So I think really, you know, there's there's different ways that you can reach financial independence or financial independence and retire early. So you could do it through investing in the stock market. So in the stock market, you know, if that is someone's plan, then they absolutely want to make sure that they're maxing out their tax advantage accounts first because then you're protecting more of your money from it being taken away by taxes and by protecting it more then you can allow it to grow more. So the idea though is that you have to max out that account but you have to go beyond that. So once you max out your tax advantage accounts, then the idea is that you open up a traditional brokerage account and you start throwing money that there as well. So there's one way to reach financial independence, but then the other way is also through real estate. If you want to start investing in real estate and putting money into different real estate uh, real estate properties and creating rentals and creating rental income. That is another way. Or you can just invest in real estate and do like what Aman said is basically flipping the properties and then eventually selling them and taking the profit from that. Or you can do a combination of real estate and investing in the stock market. But it all comes down really to these fundamental pieces when you're pursuing FIRE is that the idea is that somehow you have to find ways to try and make more money, and it could be through getting a uh, more money through your salary, or it could be doing different side hustles, but then it's saving more money, and then it's focusing on that investment piece as well.
2: Y'all side hustles, literally, <laughs> I get so many giggles out of hearing about how you guys found creative ways to build wealth first of all i'm like where do you get the energy with two bait like two little girls and I y'all know. are like what building furniture out of wine crates and digging through ikea's reduced <laughs> like um uh, returns bins and like selling flipping furniture online talk about how y'all brought in extra money and like what was the most meaningful source of extra income y'all um, created.
4: You know, we always talk about this because <laughs> looking back on it, we we laugh about some of the things that we did. But for us, it's weird when you're on this journey. It's like your mind like produces uh, income out of, out of nowhere. There's literally money in the streets and you just have to go pick it up. So actually, someone sent us a message today because one of our side hustles was we had um christina was writing tooth fairy letters on etsy she created an etsy store and yes, this was uh, my favorite uh, <laughs> it, it was like a, it was it was so funny and when she when she came up with this idea i was like people really people really buy letters like that <laughs> their families that do that
3: yeah, but but someone actually reached out to reached out to us today, which is so funny, asking us about you know the details of it. How do you do it? How are you sending it out? Are you sending it out already pre packaged? Do you send it out to the parent or to the child? So it was so interesting because you know people are are interested in finding these new ways to make money, and so I just thought, oh, you know, this is a creative thing. But like you said, we we uh, we're not too shy to go dumpster diving. We did that at one point, and I'll tell you the specific specifics of that we were driving around in Oakland which is in the San Francisco Bay Area and we drove past this huge dumpster and it had all of these br- the, not, I don't know, I guess not brand new wine crates but it had all of these wine crates in them and they were so beautiful it's like these wine boxes these wooden wine boxes yes and there was a liquor store that had dumped them all out into this garb into this Dumpster, getting rid of them, and we went into the to the liquor store, and we said, "Are you dumping these? Are you not? You don't want these? Can we have them?" And so they said yes. So we filled up our car with so many wine boxes, and then we took them home, and our garage was just piled full of wine boxes and we ended up selling those we got them for free and we ended up selling them on like facebook and craigslist and people were just it was so easy to sell because people thought they were really beautiful wine boxes and they couldn't find them anywhere and people were willing to pay us for that
2: Yeah, I was like a bougie broke hipster 10 years ago living in Queens with my boyfriend at the time, my husband now. We were the dum-dums, not the dum-dums, but we were the ones buying wine, trying to find (laughs) wine crates on Craigslist and begging (laughs) liquor stores to give them to us. Y'all stumbled upon a little jackpot right there.
3: I was like, oh, I would love that. Yeah, we did that. I mean, we also, like Amon said, we had flipped our properties. So one of the things we found uh, at Ikea, which is, I feel like Ikea is everywhere. I mean, there's even an Ikea, there's like five Ikeas in Portugal here, but in Ikea, they have this as is section. So that was another one of our side hustles. We discovered this, I'm not saying like we are the only ones who've discovered it, but we discovered that you can buy these Items in the as-is section, and they're anywhere. I mean, you can get things for ninety percent off, yeah, up to ninety percent off. Yes. Or if they're, you know, if they're no longer having a certain product, like an entire fridge or uh, entire kitchen display, you can get for up to ninety percent off. So we started buying these really nice items in IKEA and reselling those. Also, yes,
4: but we had a niche. Our niche was <laughs> kitchen. Uh, it, it was basically like kitchen construction material. So the cabinets, the countertops, refrigerators, hoods, all of these different things. When Ikea changes out its kitchens in in the showroom, they would put their entire kitchen down into the as-is section, and we'd be waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> we'd just pick it, so pick it right up. It was 90% off. And you can resell this stuff and make a lot of money. We were... My kids hate Ikea now because I was taking them in there all the time. And there, this, is a, this is a side thing. But every Wednesday, kids eat
1: free at Ikea. So Ooh. we were there every Wednesday.
2: They are probably you, sick of those meatballs. And-
1: on, guys. <laughs> but I know I lived up. That's how I furnished my whole first apartment was the Ikea as a section. I was like, oh, no, we will have cute things, but cute things on a budget. So I feel you. I never thought about exactly. moving it up I'm a victim of lifestyle creep. I'll fess up to it. We
2: bought our house and it was West Elm all the way, y'all. And <laughs> I, I, I feel foolish, but it's true. We did West Elm and like Crate and Barrel. You want to have nice stuff. And I always considered myself to be, you know, I mean, I've been doing personal finance for over a decade and I, you know, I know better but the allure of just being comfortable and having nice things especially for people who you know for me personally coming from family we weren't like super poor but we didn't have like really nice stuff and you know you want to you want to like enjoy the fruits of your um your hard work and that felt like a way of acknowledging the hard work and about you know investing in our own comfort but I, I I'm I'm a little surprised, you know, two years out from that renovation, where I'm thinking, you know, was that the best way to celebrate our our you know our success? Like giving another company all this money, you know, like there's probably other ways. So I'm I'm thinking so much about some of the choices I've made and how emotions play into that, um, you know, especially as you're starting to build and and build a family and um, earn more in your 30s, like y'all said.
3: Yeah, I know. I, I think definitely there's this idea that – and Aman and I talk about it a lot, actually. It's like you can make short-term sacrifices for long-term gains, and that's yeah. really how we thought about it. When we're thinking about – or even if you're thinking about how much it costs to do X, Y, or Z, converting that into hours of work, right? It's like would you put that many hours of work so that you could have this or so that you could do something or do that – and so that's an interesting way to start to think about it but also realizing you know what is in your future what do you look for what do you look forward to the most in the future and really thinking about it at that way thinking that you know if i if i maybe don't spend my money in this area or if i cut back in this area it may be a little hard initially, but if you're looking at the long-term results, what you can get in return for maybe not buying the, the big TV or the new car or something like that, then you can start really pursuing FIRE in a, in a meaningful way where you're really focused on cutting out expenses, not buying big expenses, and really trying to make more and funnel it towards your investments.
2: Y'all didn't just focus on cutting, cutting, cutting expenses. Y'all still took time and you invested in experiences that meant a lot to y'all. Could you talk about how you balanced um, experiences and things that you would continue to splurge on and then balance that with your mission to save as much as you could?
3: Yeah, I would say one of our biggest expenses in terms of what we cut that we really wanted to do that we were able to figure it out was traveling. Like we we lived in Spain. We lived in Japan. We now live in Portugal. We traveled to Hawaii a lot. Amon's brother lives in Hawaii. So we were definitely a huge travel family and that was very important to us. And we really didn't want to give that up. But it can be expensive for a family of four traveling abroad all the time or Hawaii and, and making these trips. And so we figured out travel hacking, where we would take out credit cards and we would use the bonus points for the, the credit cards by taking them out. And we would use them for hotel stays and for airfare. And we were able to start traveling for free. Now, I would say, though, that this this travel hacking concept is absolutely not for everyone. I mean, you have to understand how credit works. You have to start off with good credit and maintain good credit and don't go in this rabbit hole where you're just trying to spend money on your credit card so that you can get the points. It doesn't work like that. There's a, it's a bit more nuanced than that. So it's not for everyone, but for us, for Aman and I, we had Excellent credit. We never had any debt on our credit cards. We always paid our credit card off in full every single month. And so by figuring out travel hacking, we were able to continue to travel the world and still enjoy all of the different things we could by traveling, but we got to do it for free.
2: Oh yeah. Tiff and I love to talk about what (laughs) how to not, you know, fall into that to that black
1: hole of credit card spending just to get some points. Absolutely. I do have a question though, because the struggle that I have is not, it's not the living frugally got that, um, you know, (laughs) and so, but did you ever feel like, are we over-sacrificing? Because that is something that I struggle with that I sometimes struggle with the enjoying on the other side. And so do you ever feel like, you know, you were over-sacrificing and if so, um, how did you manage that? Or if not, how did you avoid that?
3: Yeah, I think that for us, we didn't feel like we were over sacrificing because we built in things on our journey so that we could enjoy things. So like I said, we did traveling. We traveled quite a lot. And we also, this is something that we didn't save any money on, but we still did it. We're from the, we're from Oakland, like I said, and we went to a lot of warrior games and we didn't get the nosebleed seats. We were sitting, you know, I wouldn't say on the floor, but maybe Five rows back off of the floor, so that was one of the expenses that we splurged on when we were in Oakland. But I I like to tell people a lot that you you should you should enjoy the journey. You should enjoy your journey towards fire because sometimes it's not all just about that destination of being able to retire, right? If you're miserable on your journey, you're not spending a single dime doing anything. You are are you know, not going out with your friends or you're not doing anything with anyone, your family members, it's a miserable journey and it's not sustainable. So you have to, you have to figure out what the right balance is for you. So we're not, I I wouldn't encourage everyone to just, you know, count every single penny and, and and live in a way where they're just not able to enjoy anything yeah
4: and I think this is a this is a misconception about the the, the fire movement is that the people that are on this journey are eating beans and <laughs> sacrificing they don't have cable or Netflix you know they don't go anywhere that's that's absolutely not true to do this you have to just find creative ways to enjoy yourself and you have to figure out a way to make more money. That's the other side of the equation. Preach that I on wish, it. Say it again. <laughs> that, that I wish the fire movement talked more about is you have to get out there. And if you're in your 30s, 20s, if you're 40s, 50s, you have to get on the grind. Like people would, people would say to us, how, do you, how are you able to do this with kids, You're know, in law school? It's like, we don't know anything else but this. So we didn't set a low bar, we set a high bar. And that's all we knew. So for us, we don't define, you know, our journey in any particular way. It's just it is what it is. That's why we call our YouTube channel Our Rich Journey, because this is this is how we live our life. When people find out what our budget is here in Portugal, we live pretty luxuriously. You know, we spend four thousand dollars a month here in, in Portugal and you know, for some people, they say, oh, my God, that's too much. Or some people say, oh, that's not enough. But it's relative. And I think anyone that's on this journey, they have to figure out a way to, to do it relatively well so that they enjoy themselves. Someone reached out to me today and they said, you know, we're on this journey and we're wondering whether or not we should um, start to cut some of the activities for our children. And I immediately thought, no, don't, why would you? The, no, no. Don't do that. Don't sacrifice your child's childhood, you know, mm-hmm. for this journey. Figure out different ways to approach the problem. You know? So that's what we did on our journey. we would we would encounter a problem like childcare, like travel, like owning a home, and we would just figure out a way to get through the challenge or over or around it. but we never <laughs> we never let it stop us,
2: yeah. I mean, your girls were in basketball. You said they do swimming. Yes. like you've never you've always encouraged those hobbies. I mean now they're YouTube stars, so <laughs> that's going to be their new hobby. <laughs> well, before we let y'all go, we have I really want to talk to y'all about your investing yes. philosophy and how you are weathering cuz your investments are mostly still in the US, right? Yes. So talk to us about cuz I know people listening right now. I mean, let's not let's let's not uh mince words here. Like we are we're the US is being crippled by this current pandemic and economic crisis. I mean, we have what tens of millions of Americans out of work? My own father was has is still laid off. Um, Congress can't get their act together with these stimulus checks and um, and federal uh, you know unemployment benefits are are in limbo right now. So there's people out there who are truly truly hurting, and even infant people who have been doing it quote unquote the right way and in investing in their 401k have seen their 401ks you know uh, take dips this year. So. Y'all, y'all have retired. What, what do you say to people who are feeling like, oh shit, like is this the right time to be putting money in the market? And how, like, how can we trust that things will work out? Um, talk to us about your approach to investing right now in this moment. You know how you're weathering what's happening in the U.S., even though you're in Portugal now. And and what do you say to people who are feeling a little gun shy about um, getting into the market now?
4: Yeah, well, you know that's that's a great question, and I I always tell people this don't invest money that you that you need to live off of every day so before you even buy your first investment you should have the fundamentals in place you should have your credit paid down an emergency fund in place and then you can start investing in the stock market because when you invest in the stock market you shouldn't need that money in the next five to ten years this is this is long-term money you shouldn't want this this money for decades so What's happening right now? It is it is completely awful, you know. But if you have a plan in place, this should not distract you. If it's not taking away from your income, if you still have your income and you still have the ability to invest, you should be investing that money. Don't get don't get consumed by what's going on in the world. Yes, you should you you, you, you should you should definitely be involved in it socially and politically. But if you have your investments on cruise control then money should be the least of your worries right now. You should just let that money ride. So I always say that, you know, once you have those fundamental things in place and you have your investments on cruise control, then you can focus on everyday life.
3: Yeah. And I would also say, you know, when, when you think about the stock market, it, it seems so backwards because, when the stock market plummets a lot of people are pulling their investments out because they're afraid that they're going to lose all of their money so it's like let me get let me get my investments out i'm going to take the loss but it's better than not having any money at all and then then the stock market ultimately goes back up, and then if they would have just left their money in, they would have been better off in the long run. It's almost like you sort of have to go against the herd mentality when it comes to the stock market, because once you once you learn more about the stock market and understand the history of the stock market, and this is not to say that the history of the stock market will predict the future of the stock market, but historically, since forever, the stock market has always ultimately gone up. And so when people are thinking, I don't know if I should invest right now because the stock market just dropped, something like that, or maybe I should pull my money out because I'm losing money and I don't want to lose it all. The idea should really be if the stock market has historically always gone up, then when the stock market goes down is an excellent time to invest is an excellent time if you have any money to throw your money into the stock market when it's down because when it ultimately goes up then you are then you're you're making money and you're getting a return on that and the same thing if your money is in there and you keep it in there rather than sell it and it ultimately goes up then your stock market your portfolio is worth more yeah,
4: but i think mandy you want to know what we're doing, right? You want to know how we're weathering <laughs> this this storm, yes. and and I think I think a lot of people have that have that question. But when we first started uh, our our plan, we devised a plan that involved front loading our investments into very aggressive uh, index funds, so technology and total stock market index funds. And then as we got towards the latter half of our journey we started to build up what's called a stock market emergency fund for dips like this that was over two years worth of living expenses in case the stock market were to drop and we would have to make that switch from not pulling from the stock market because you don't want to pull from the stock market when it drops and instead pull from our uh, stock market emergency fund and so when March hit and the stock market crashed we thought okay are we gonna have to make that switch but two three months later the stock market has fully recovered so this is this is the the I mean this is the thing about investing when you have a plan in place you already know what to do before it happens but what we found is that we haven't had to even rely on some of those contingencies because the stock market has always recovered and I always say this on our on our YouTube channel you know The stock market's gonna go up and down, but in the end, it's gonna go up. It always has.
3: And I will say also, you know, just to piggyback off of what Amon said with that crash in March March 2020, there were a lot of people at that time, they were selling out their portfolios because they didn't wanna take any more of a loss. And on our channel, we actually created a new portfolio, just sort of a very mini portfolio to show people Listen, if you invest now, it's it's a good t- it's a good thing. You can start growing your money by investing now. It doesn't matter that there was a huge crash. You can start investing now. And so many people were like, "Why would you invest now? It's a crash. It's the worst time to invest." And we're like, "No, that's the very opposite of how you should be thinking." You know, you should continuously be investing whether it's a good whether the market's doing well or whether it's doing bad, you should just be dollar cost averaging into the market. But when the market is doing bad, it is an excellent opportunity to grow your wealth. And so that's what we're really demonstrating with this portfolio to our followers is like, listen, when people are running and trying to cash out their portfolios when there's a big crash, don't do that. Do the opposite. Do the opposite and start building your wealth.
2: I think y'all really illustrate beautifully the power of the mindset. When yes. it comes to building wealth, like you've got to really, you've got to look at your emotions, as my lovely therapist always says, <laughs> look at the thought or the feeling and just acknowledge that it exists and then just attack it with reason and logic. <laughs> and I love that, y'all. I've been following that series at y'all where you share your portfolio and how you invest at the bottom of the market, or at least, you know, you never know when it's the bottom, but how you guys invested in the spring. And I, and I love that lesson. I just think people have to be ready for it. And really want to I want to home in on the point that y'all made too about that emergency fund. And just to be clear, when you say it's a stock stock market emergency fund, you don't have the money in the stock market. It's your emergency fund so that you don't touch your money. Yes. Exactly. Just cash, right. Regular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's key because, you know, people think that like if you're if you're worried about losing everything when a market goes down, then you're probably not investing money that you're willing to to put away for the long term, like your money that you want to hold with your you, money that you want to be able to access if an emergency happens. That should be really it should be liquid. It should be available to you. It should be enough Um, For the, you know, for whatever period of time you feel comfortable with you guys, two years seems reasonable because y'all are, you know, you're you're entirely without, um, you know, well, you have your passive income, but you've left. You've left your jobs and you're living your fire lifestyle, but for other people, maybe it's six months or a year's worth of expenses. And I love that y'all have that cushion because it helps you kind of like stamp down those emotional fears around when the market dips. Like, oh, no, I've got to take my money out um, because I, I, I don't want to lose it because we need to have food on the table. With that emergency fund, y'all, you you provide a cushion for yourself, and you provide the security that you can continue with your investing strategy, continue building your wealth, and you don't need to sacrifice that um, when your emotions start to take over. I I think that's a really important point for people, and that's why we're always like. Before y'all start asking about investing, I'm talking to my yes. dad and my uncle, Mark, who, who <laughs> will call me all the time. What about Hertz? Should we invest in Hertz? What's happening? <laughs> oh, with you know? uh, bankrupt Hertz? He oh, has, yeah, sure. Oh, right. my God. I'm like, listen, if my uncle Mark is talking about it, do not. Do yeah. not don't go to Hertz. But um, my dad, he he still saves money in his coat closet. I'm like, you trying to talk about investing in Hertz. Can I get you to like put some money in the bank first? Like, what is this? It's so backwards. Go yeah. ahead.
1: No, and and no shade to the people who listen. But if you're willing to do the blessing loom, that's not a blessing. I think you can try this. Um, That's a little shade (laughs) because so many of my dream catchers are like, girl, I want to do a blessing loom. It's not a blessing loom. Um,
0: No, but I've never heard of that before. You never heard of the blessing loom? Quick sidebar. What is that?
1: No, we we talked about it on the podcast. Remember, I said um, it's it's basically the pyramid scheme, but they keep renaming it. Blessing loom pyramid scheme. When you bring more people in, and they they bring money, and then you move to the center oh, or to the top. And I then, see. Okay. Yeah, but they just keep calling in new things. But I did want to ask, like, what? Because I want to get just a little nitty gritty. Like, what percentage are you living off of? Are you doing it where? you're anticipating like on average a seven to 8% return and you're living off 4% of your, of, of, of what your investments yield, or is it more so you're living off, um, your, if you have rental properties or is it, and then two, like, what was your fire number? Cause I know like my financial advisor, my financial planner, you know, I mean, I guess technically I don't have to work now, I guess. I mean, I, I just like, I like doing budget Nista, but, um, we, I, my husband and I help out a lot of people so um, our, our what we spend a month is like half of what we spend actually goes to us and just the rest goes to helping family and friends but so like what's that what was that number for you like if we set aside this amount plus with the real estate coming in we should be good I'm curious about that
3: yeah so we we don't have the real estate anymore okay. We sold our real estate and then we put that in the stock market. But our our fire number was based off of living in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I'll caveat with that caveat that that our number was over two million, close to two and a half million. But again, this is because we live in the San or we, our. Our fire number was based off of living in the San Francisco Bay Area. So some people will probably think that that can be very high, or some people actually think like maybe that's low. So it's really relative to where you plan on retiring, where you live, what your family size is, and what type of stuff you plan on doing in retirement, and how much is that stuff going to cost. So ours was close to two and a half million dollars. But I will say, because we moved to Portugal, we are living off of obviously not close to that because When you calculate your FIRE number, the idea is that you can live off of 4% of your portfolio in order to cover your monthly expenses and then in turn your annual expenses. So the idea is that you can pull 4% from your portfolio and then your portfolio could continue to grow so that you're only pulling from the gains in your portfolio. You're not actually pulling from the principal balance. So it continues to grow and you're able to continuously pull out 4%. And that's based off of, there's, a a study called the Trinity study that really explains this concept of the 4% rule, how you can live off of your portfolio and the portfolio allocation that you have, whether it's stocks and bonds or 100% stocks, 100% bonds. But the concept is once you get your FIRE number, you're supposed to be able to live off of 4% of that and pull money from your portfolio and that pays for all of your expenses. But we are here in Portugal and our expenses are much, much lower. Like we said, I mean, we gave you the example of the health care, how much cheaper it is, or I'd say how much more affordable it is here in Portugal. So for us, we don't have to pull a full 4%. We we pull... Under 4%. And if you ever are in a situation where you're pulling less than 4%, then it's even better because then Mm -hmm. your portfolio can continue to grow even more. So the idea is if you're able to pull less than 4%, it can grow even more. And so that's a perfect situation. But I would say for people that have different locations in mind, like for example, like we said, we were thinking about the San Francisco Bay Area and we were thinking about Portugal. For us, it was really important To not retire until we hit the mark for the higher cost of living, which is the San Francisco Bay Area. And again, that's because if we come here to Portugal and we decide, you know, four or five years down the road, we want to return to the Bay Area or, you know, our girls will be going away to school soon. Not soon, soon to me, but you know, in in another four and six years. If they return to the States, maybe at that time we'll think, oh, we should return with them or maybe we want to live back in the States. If we would have picked a fire number associated with living in Portugal, then we would be stuck. We would be limited in terms of where we can go after that. So for people that have multiple areas in mind, I would, I would recommend picking the higher cost of living area. And then when you go live in a lower cost of area, you're pulling less than that 4% and your portfolio is able to grow even more because of it. And when That's you're awesome. in retirement, did that answer your question, Tiff? No, it did. I just said that was awesome. Yeah. Are you done?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay.
2: I'm so, I just have so many questions. Um, now, I wanted to know, because you guys have your YouTube channel. I know you have a course now in stock investing. When y'all were planning, you know, sources of income or planning your portfolio and and hitting your FIRE number, did y'all think, okay, we'll also bring in um, income from our YouTube and maybe we can teach people and have a course? Was that part of your plan or... Was this just like a happenstance? Because it doesn't strike me that you guys set out, because that's honestly one of the things that kind of annoys me about some fire. I'll just be totally frank, as Christina knows I can be. (laughs) Um, But like, yeah, I mean, I kind of roll my eyes sometimes because people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to retire early and then I'm going to teach people how to do it. And that's how I'm going to retire early by making money off of the courses. But y'all strike me as totally different, whereas it's kind of a, you know, you did your fire thing and then people were asking you to start a channel and you did it. And now you just happen to be YouTube stars.
3: Yeah, I love that you asked that because you know, right now we have we have almost 300,000 subscribers on our channel. But when we started we started a little over 2 years ago and it was the slowest start ever. And when when we actually retired, I don't think we had even hit fifty thousand subscribers at that point. And so for us, when we started the channel, it was more like a friend had mentioned it to us because we were talking. We we we're always talking to family members and friends about, listen, you guys should be doing this. You should save this money. I mean, we were sort of getting a little extra into people's business saying, hey, why don't you invest in this? You should save what this. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but it just became something that we talked about so much that one of our friends said, hey, you should start this channel. And we thought, well, that, that is pretty cool because then we could tell people about FIRE. Like, like when we didn't know what FIRE was when we started, if someone was sort of guiding us and telling us about all these concepts, that would be really cool. So we started the channel, and we we absolutely did not think that our channel would grow like it was. So it was definitely not something where we're like, "Oh yeah, we can we can rely on YouTube and 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 just retire early and, and live off of YouTube or something like that." That was definitely not the case. It, oh, yeah, and,
4: and and it became it became kind of like a gift that we couldn't <laughs> give up. Uh, and when I say a gift, is we have this ability to be able to really share and inspire people with our youtube channel so when we started our youtube channel we were doing it like two or three times a week but since we've retired we only do it uh once a week but it's something that we want to keep doing because so many people are getting getting value out of it but what happened was because we made so many videos <laughs> people were asking us like questions that were they were very linear questions like how to get to a to z and we would say oh you got to go back to video uh, 100 or video 55 and so we were like okay we need to do like a course that walks someone from A to Z and so that's when we came up with the idea for the course um, but it was you know all of this was just it, 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 it just it just kind of started to happen Because we were being asked to do these things.
3: Yeah, but I will also say that, you know, people had been asking us for a while to do the course and we're like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe we'll get around to it. But what really prompted us to do the course was COVID. Yes. Because we were stuck in the house for, over over a over a month.
4: Oh yes, if you see that course, my hair
2: was looking raggedy <laughs> the whole course. Wait, just a month?
3: It I know that it's not as bad compared to people, some people in the states, right? But yeah, we were just getting fidgety, like, oh my gosh, we we cannot just sit in this house and do nothing. And we were we were telling people, you know, go out and exercise, go out and read, or exercise in your home, read, write, do what you can to stay productive. Don't try and be busy because busy is just sort of taking up time. What can you do to be productive? And then we thought, you know what? Why don't we just sit down and really focus on creating this course? And I think, you know, that because we had that extra time, it was, it was really a fun project yeah. to, to be had, able to do.
2: <laughs> I mean, y'all are so young. You're clearly incredibly intelligent. Um, you guys have so much, uh, so much energy, like, so what does retirement look like for y'all? Can you kind of paint the picture? You know, do, do you see yourselves kicking back on beaches? Like, what does your retirement look like? Do you think you'll be satisfied, um, you know, with, with, uh, obviously, you you know, sitting back in the house is, is not what you're excited about. Um, <laughs> I think those of us in quarantine are all just like, get us out of here. But talk about how do y'all plan on spending your retirement with the Always next 40, of- 50 years ahead of you?
4: Oh, we spend a lot of time at the beach. Don't, (laughs) don't, don't knock that. That, That's really nice. So, uh, and that's one of the nice things about living living here in Portugal is that we're near the water. The outdoors are really amazing. Um, So we do spend a lot of time in the outdoors. We wanted to, to to retire early. A big reason was so that we could spend more time with our girls. You know, after your children leave your house, you have already spent. 90% 90% of the time you're gonna spend with them while they're in your house. After that, they're gone and they're, you know, they're gonna live their lives. So that's a gift that we also have is that we get to spend more time with our kids. We get to coach our daughters in sports. Christina swims with uh, Malia. I play basketball with Sanoa. We volunteer a lot. Um, recently, we've been doing uh, calls with underserved kids talking about financial independence, talking about, talking about money and financial literacy. And so what's really great is that we get to do whatever we want to do, whenever we want to. Uh, On Sunday nights, we don't have that anxiety that Monday morning is rolling around. So it's just it's really an unexplainable feeling to be able to have this freedom. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier, making that short term sacrifice for the long term gain. And yes, we're we're young and we have you know, we have a lot of things that we're that we're working on, but they're all things that we're passionate about. And that's what we didn't have the ability to do before when we were working 40 hours a week. You know, now we have those 40 hours back to do whatever we want to do with them.
3: And I really love that you asked that question too, Mandy, because I think when people are thinking about financial independence and retiring early, you know, there's a split. You could just do financial independence and you continue to do the job that you love or you can actually retire early. And so I think when people are on that retire early path, if they ultimately want to retire early, they really need to envision what they think their life is gonna be like when they retire, because I'll tell you, if you're, if you're just sort of running from something, if you're running from your job because you don't like your job and so that's the reason you want to retire, your retirement may not feel very fulfilling because then you're in retirement and it's sort of like, well, what do I do now? But if you really envision what your life can be like in retirement, if you love to travel, if you love to cook, if you love to spend time with your kids and your family, if you love to work out, if you like to build things, those are all things that people can run towards versus running away from something. So they really have to think about if they want to pursue fire, what's the purpose behind that?
2: I love that you guys have inspired me to expand my own possibilities for what um, the next decade and beyond can look like. And I love that you guys have You've proven to, I think so many people like don't even know how to imagine a world where they don't work for someone yeah. else, you know, mm-hmm. like, or, and, and if they don't work for someone, then it's like owning their own business or whatever. But what about a world where you're just free to, you know, work on what you find fulfilling be with your family like it's real it's it's a little sad to me that this is such like an extraordinary mindset to have but you guys truly are extraordinary because you have you've seen it and you said this should be the normal like this should be the norm this will be our normal we are going to create the life that we want and I I it really resonates with me if you can't tell um (laughs) because I feel like I am on this path toward this um a, a good life, but a good life according to the you know what's what's considered the norm in 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 America, and what's considered a good life according to I don't know what the mainstream idea of a good life is, and I'm I'm starting to even challenge my own expectations and challenge some of the own some of my own ways of thinking about the next couple of decades in my life and. I mean, even just being stuck in quarantine with my baby, you can probably hear him in the background. He's a very vocal eater. He gets really <laughs> mad. <laughs> he's very angry. Um, mm-hmm, he's my child. But even just being in quarantine, I'm like, oh, so I could just work at home and be with the baby all the time. This isn't that bad. Um, yes. Anyway, I I, I just want to thank y'all because yes. I'm, I'm so glad that you are sharing your story. And, and, and I know that... Forget about, you know, you can we can forget about race for a second. I mean, the show is called Brown Ambition, so it's always <laughs> there. We acknowledge we are two black women speaking to an audience. And first and foremost, we want to talk to other black women and how to build wealth because we understand that, you know, there's not a lot of people like us talking to them. And I am, you you guys are like unicorns, you know, in the fire <laughs> movement, a black couple oh, thank you. with two daughters and your girls seeing them. And I, and I even said this to Christina in the email. I really meant it. If only I had seen your two girls talking about financial, um, financial. Uh, 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 what am I thinking? Like, uh, what are we talking about? Investing, <laughs> investing <laughs> in wealth building at a young age. When I was, you know, twelve or thirteen, y'all are so important, and your stories are so important. And I and and thank y'all for using your time when you could be doing anything else to educate and pour back into communities um, who may not be getting this kind of knowledge. I. It just, it's, I'll shut up now, but it's just, y'all are the best. Thank you so much. I know, (laughs) that's so
3: nice. It's it's so nice. Well, you know, we wanted to talk to you guys anyway. So it was just like, oh, it's, it's. Your brown ambition, baby, that this is it, right?
1: Like,
2: this is the epitome
1: Epitome of brown ambition. And I think that it's just good (laughs) for people to see that life can be lived differently, you know? Um, Exactly. That's what I was trying to say in a
2: hundred million less words than what I used. (laughs)
1: No, that no. So just I mean, because because Amanda and I are the way we live is so different. So they get to see different sides of like from both of us being bosses in our own right, but via the corporate side or owning your own business. So this is just a nice reprieve from this. Is another way to live, and people can find themselves in your journey. So we do really thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you,
3: you 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 guys. Yeah, we're so glad we were able to talk to you. Well,
2: thank y'all and. And go live your fabulous lives. I know. I st- can't stalk wait you to now see.
3: On on, on So tell <laughs> folks where they can find you. Your
2: your our rich journey on YouTube, um, on Instagram. Anything else y'all want to? Anything you want to promote?
3: Oh no, you know you mentioned our daughters too. They have their channel out, so it's called Our Rich Journey Junior. Yes, so yes. so cute. go show the kids some
4: love. Yeah,
3: <laughs> check the girls out also.
4: Yeah, but th- that's really where you can find us is on YouTube or Instagram at Rich Journey. And uh send us a message. We we eventually get to all of the questions. I mean we we are retired, we have nothing else to do.
1: <laughs> I love
2: it. Join the journey. That's how you always end your YouTube yes. videos. All That's right, y'all. Right. Go go join the journey. Thank y'all for sharing your story with us. I would love to have y'all on the show again um sometime in the future, but be well, stay healthy. Yes. I mean, honestly, y'all should be wishing us luck. I feel like we're the one. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like y'all are on the right track in Portugal. But yeah, be well, stay healthy. And and thank y'all again for coming on the show.
1: Yes. Thanks, thanks so you. much,
2: Talk guys. Whoa. Okay. So did I embarrass myself? Was I was I too much of a fangirl? No,
1: they were. For Christina and Amon. Honestly, they were amazing. And they, I mean, as much as I think that we're pretty frugal. I mean, yes, I know, you know, we splurge. But, you know, you and I are pretty like to so we'll with our finances and, and savvy with our finances. It just made me look at some of the choices that I'm, you know, that I'm choosing for myself and my family a little bit differently. Um, so it was so amazing. I'm totally gonna stalk them on YouTube. So just so they know,
2: their channel is good. I know that, and, it, and it's worth the time too. I think I just turned on their channel, and I just had it on for an entire weekend. Mm. They are they're they're truly really knowledgeable. And if you hear things banging in the background, it's just the babies here. Hey Rio,
0: <laughs> say hi everybody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I I think it's great to hear different perspectives, and it and they call it our rich journey because it's their journey. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's the right journey or the one that you need to take, but I think in so many ways you need to see someone else living life by example so that you start to think about what's possible for yourself. And I think for, you know, I'm, I've been pretty cynical about the whole FIRE movement and they have totally changed the way I think about mm-hmm. it. And they have shown me that there's, like, if I was going to do FIRE, this is the way to do yes. it. Um, and it's, it's about freedom. It's about freedom. It's the freedom that people have who are lucky enough to come from wealthy families, Mm -hmm. or you know, to have inheritances, or you know, things like that. It's creating a space for yourself where you can do whatever the f you want, and you're not trapped in this cycle of, you know, someone else's version of success just so you can get by.
1: No, I love that. I just, yeah, like I said, I'm going to totally stalk their um page, rethink some of the things, choices that we're making, and um. Do you think Supergirl will check out
2: uh, their junior? The junior edition?
1: Maybe. Um, She certainly, she's working now and she's making some money. And so entrepreneurship is something that she it's been really interested in. Um, and she's been doing that. Like, you know, she has her own lip gloss line that's on Etsy. And what? I know she, she does? I know. If, uh-huh. So I don't know if you remember that she was, you know, like I told you like a little while ago, she was hawking these rubber band bracelets that she made from a kit. Someone gave her for Christmas. Cause she, remember I told you she wanted my um, Superman and I to invest in her business. And she's like for the low rate of $450. I was like, Oh, okay. you tried it. What? So we wait a second, yeah. we have not talked about oh, that that's yes. news to me, so that's what she she wanted because she wanted to start the <laughs> lip gloss business. So she did this whole presentation where she was like, "This is how much it's going to cost me to to like get all the materials and things I need. And we were like, <laughs> yeah, no, the most you're getting is fifty, and if you <laughs> even if you get fifty, that's because you have to earn fifty. That's the most you're squeezing out of us. So needless to say she wasn't happy, but what she did do is um. Somebody gave her this rubber band kit where you can make bracelets and rings out of these like cool, like brightly colored rubber bands. So she started making them and she started selling them and she made a few hundred bucks on her own. Um, she didn't even need our 50. Thank you very much. And then graduation money kicked in and she was able to fund her own business with graduation money and um, her rubber band business. It was like the business to fund the business. And so now, I mean, she literally spends hours a day making her lip gloss kits and like putting them together. And I'm honestly really proud of her because I'm like, look at Supergirl. You know who she's trying to be like, right? As much as she tries to act like she don't want to be like me. But I, oh. <laughs> I know. That's how it goes, though. Mm-hmm. Like, she can't let you know that you inspire her and that she <laughs> loves you and wants to be just like you when she grows up. But she's watching. I know. So, like, no, but honestly, it's really dope to, like, watch her navigate. Um, Yeah, no. And I will say, like, I, I will, this is, like, a little aside. So, I, I, I signed her up for Black Girls um, Lead, The like, the summer the digital kind of like summer camp, I guess, for girls um, that's hosted by Black Girls Rock. And Michelle Obama did the opening speech and then came Misty Copeland and then somebody else. So I think I was fourth, like right after Michelle Obama, geeked. And the next day she was like, Tiffy, do you know that your session was top rated for yesterday? I'm like, what do you mean? She was like, we had to vote who our favorite was. And you got 28% of the votes. I was like, not over Miss Michelle what yes I was like these kids I mean not that I'm surprised of course I know that you're fabulous but (laughs) I I was like but honestly I'm like these kids don't know no better because don't nobody beat Michelle but I take it um she was like (laughs) super yeah she was super excited because she was like because I in in it I had pre-recorded mine I I talked about her and used her as an example of how you can make money on your own so for the girls to listen and watch I could tell she felt really special like it's me she's talking about me so we're friends again for now (laughs) For now
2: amen to that listen Oh well, that's amazing. I can't wait to see how Rio grows up. I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with thinking about what he'll be, and and I, I'm just I'm. A, I think as a parent, I'm afraid because you know how like your kids will do the opposite of what you want sometimes. <laughs> yes. Like I don't want to. I don't like. How much is too much? Am I? And should I go like? All in on teaching him stuff. Should I let him find it on his own? I don't know. That's why I'm so fascinated by Christina and Amon because their girls seem to have mm-hmm. such a healthy—not just—not only do they understand the different uh, financial topics that, that their parents talk about, but they're also curious and excited to do it themselves. Like, how did they
1: do that? I know. I'm going to be studying them. For a I while. know. <laughs> for real, everybody in should. a really
2: creepy way. Just, yes. just sending. I'm just going to slide into their DMs all the time. Um, well, I loved having them on the show and uh, if y'all like who else are we missing? who else are y'all like? who's on YouTube yes. who's out there that who have fabulous stories that are inspiring y'all that y'all want to hear more from We'd love to get in touch with them and have
1: more folks on the show. We certainly would. We certainly would.
0: All right, well, thank y'all for another beautiful week of brown ambition. We'll see y'all next week. Next week. Next week. <laughs> next week.